Heavenly Father, thank you for this day to come, to hear your word, to sing your praises, to fellowship with one another. I pray that you would bless your word as it goes out, and anything that is of you, bury it deeply in the hearts of those who hear. And anything that is strictly of me, may it be forgotten immediately. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoever gives one of these little ones just a cup of cold water to drink, in the name of a disciple, truly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Remember that. This world is not the final reality. I'm going to get very metaphysical here. There is a whole other world that is more solid timeless, and eternal. C.S. Lewis called our world the Shadowlands because it's not the final reality. Our world only reflects the eternal, solid reality in bits and shadows. The Apostle Paul agrees with him. He told the Corinthians, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see face to face. Absolutely. <laughs> what we see on earth is only a dim reflection of the reality that comes after this life. Now, i got to confess, I find this real easy to think of as wishful thinking or even science fiction. I mean, you can pick up any of a gazillion science fiction books and come up with anything, you know, nearly as creative as this. And why is this different than that? And it's hard. It is really hard as... Lost my place. Really hard as Paul told the Colossians. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's hard to do when this world is screaming at you 24-7. It's hard to remember, oh, this is not the end of the story. I'm not even a resident here, I'm just passing through. My residency, my citizenship is in heaven. Is that wishful thinking? No, it isn't. But we don't know what that's like yet. We only know this. And that is, that's a bit of a challenge. D.L. Moody, the evangelist and pastor had a very good grasp of this because shortly before his death, he said, someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. There it is. That's the truth. And in this new heaven and this new earth, which Revelation tells us a bit about, there will be rewards. How do you feel about rewards? Do you feel like rewards are like a crass inducement for good behavior? Like, I'm only going to behave because I know I'll get a reward. I'll get a popsicle if I don't slap my sibling or something. <laughs> Wouldn't it be more noble if we just did the right thing because it's the right thing to do? Well, 
Yeah, but be honest. The human nature is not noble enough to do that all the time. We will miss the mark, we will fail, we will slither off the pedestal. And so, there are rewards. So what kind of rewards are we going to get? It's more than popsicles, I'll tell you. There's five that I will mention, they're all crowns. How do you feel about wearing a crown? Don't feel bad, because everybody's going to have at least one. But, you know, you ever get the little, you know, princess tiara and you put that on and you feel like you should have a wand with a little star at the end and be turning frogs into princes or something. We're all going to have a crown. Some are going to have more than one. Some are going to have a bunch. I don't know how they're going to balance them all. The five that are listed in scripture, there is a crown of righteousness. The victor's crown, serious crown right there. The crown of life the crown of rejoicing, and the crown of glory. And if you do the homework, and I've got the verses for those, you can go chase it down if you like. Those are for serious stuff. Those are for, for instance, martyrdom? Anybody want to sign up for that? Um, but anytime I think about heaven and thrones, I lose my focus. Because humor exists in almost anything, and people say the Bible is so staid and so, and Jesus never laughed. We don't know that. I think there are several passages where you go, I bet he had a really big grin on his face when he said this. But in Revelation 4, I'm going to read a little bit from it. Around the throne, that would be the throne of God, there were 24 thrones. And upon the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. And when the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who lives on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they will worship him who lives forever and ever, and will cast their crowns before the throne. Which is where the Christian pop group got their name, Casting Crowns. Do you have a good head picture of this? If 24 very stately-looking elders dressed in white, I expect it's blinding white. And there's the four living creatures who we can't describe, and the living creatures give praise to God, and the 24 elders just fall down and throw their crowns. Well, what is the serious work of heaven? I mean, according to C.S. Lewis, the serious work of heaven is joy, but it is also worship. And that doesn't mean that heaven is a non-stop church service. Everything we do in heaven will be worship. From tying angelic shoes to the worship in the throne room. But everything we do will be worship. So here, the four living creatures are constantly giving worship to God. Which means the 24 elders are constantly having to throw their crowns. Which means they've got to go pick them up again. And I can just see the 424 elders, you know, okay, throw, pick up, sit down, repeat. That's the head picture I get. I'm not sure that's helpful. I digress. <coughs> so these crown things, they're big ticket items. Um, I'll, I'll confess, martyrdom is, is a little out of my comfort zone. All right, it's way out of my comfort zone. So... 
Do we get rewards for simple stuff? For little stuff? Do you have to die to get a reward? And all of this brings us to that one verse in the Gospel. Whoever gives one of these other ones even a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, very truly I say he will not lose his reward. First off, who are little ones? Because for years and years and years, and I hear this and I'm thinking, you know, little kids. So if you give a cup of water to an adult, it doesn't count? See, this is why I appreciate literal thinkers. Because it says to little ones. That's not what little ones means. Little ones here means believers. And we are little ones. We're little in relation to the new heaven and the new earth. We're little in relation to the now heaven and the now earth. We are really little in relation to the command that we have been given to go and evangelize the entire planet. We are little ones. I like the fact that Jesus says, even a cup of cold water, like it's diminutive, like you could give a Big Mac or something that was significant, but if you give even a cup of cold water, it still counts. Jesus knows this is not a monumental deed here. This is not something spectacular. <coughs> to paraphrase Opus the Penguin, this is not spectacular. This is plain Jane, low limb, barely bent, homegrown, bare bone, off the shelf, two-part Kmart, no frills stuff. This is stuff even I can relate to. Which brings to mind another passage in Matthew 25. Matthew seemed to have written a lot about rewards and stuff. In Matthew 25, I'll read you just this one passage. Then the king, okay, so this is in heaven, the judgment of the sheep and the goats. Sheep are believers, goats are unbelievers. The chance to change your mind has passed. Everybody who has made up their mind is in one of these two categories. Then the king, and this is Jesus, who is being the king and judge at the moment, he says to those on his right, which is the sheep, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer. This is us. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? They don't remember. And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. That is why such a small deed is such a big deal. Because we might just see it as as Luke says, we might just see this as we are unworthy servants. We just do what we ought to do. But Jesus sees it 
as us doing it unto him. And we get rewards for that. The needs are not spectacular in this passage. Food, clothing, fellowship. Probably none of that is going to make us bleed. And yet all of it is counted by Jesus as being done unto him. No good deed is too small to do. I like that. So I will leave you with an encouragement. When you think that some good deed is too small to do, or you're too tired to go an extra mile or an extra couple steps, this is from Galatians 6. Let's not become discouraged in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not become weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let's do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. Amen.